You're listening to the Section 5 Podcast. Welcome back to the Section 5 podcast. We're here uh, kicking off Season 2 officially. The NBA season is underway. We're recording this on opening night after the Nets-Warriors game and it was about halftime or so of the Lakers-Clippers game, somewhere around there. We're going to, as promised, talk about the uh, upcoming season, give some predictions, uh, players, awards, things like that, some of your standard stuff. And then we're going to dive into the Eastern Conference and give our picks for the East, where we rank the playoff teams or the teams we expect to be in the playoffs, and what we think about the Celtics and their chances in the East. And we're, of course, going to do what we did last year and throw out a couple of bold predictions. And it's a kind of a sad day today for Section 5 because G's bold prediction from last year finally died. Uh, Kyrie and KD did play a game together tonight. So moment of silence for the last of the living bold predictions. And Brad Stevens is still not at Duke. So before we I, jump into the prediction, Paul said one coaching staff member would get there. I just didn't know. <laughs> you did not say one coaching staff member. You said Brad Stevens. We got the tape. Um, we didn't take down season one. It is there. Um, <laughs> So, But one thing that we talked about a little bit before we hit the record button and uh, that we wanted to touch on briefly before we dive into the season preview is James Harden. Adam, you heard a little news on James Harden. I hesitate to call it news, rumor, whatever word you want to put on it. But you heard a little something about Harden today. For anyone who missed it, Adam, you want to catch everyone up on uh, what you saw today? Yeah, it was just a little, little tidbit from Stein that said the Seas were one of a couple of other teams that made exploratory calls to the Rockets about James Harden because I think we heard some news earlier this week that he was, you know, expanding it, that the Rockets were expanding discussions past the Sixers and Nets. And so, you know, I guess the Seas were one of the teams that either called or would call, according to the rumors. Right, and... When a player as good as James Harden is available, you kick the tires. They should have got a call from every single team in the NBA saying, hey, can it be done? And with most of the teams, they're going to say, no, it can't be done. But if you can legally acquire him, you got to make that call. Just do your due diligence. So I don't blame the Celtics at all for seeing what it would take or seeing if there's interest there. But that brings up the question. Uh, and uh, really quickly, uh, because we have a lot of other stuff that we want to get into, but would you be interested in a deal for Harden, considering what it would take for the Celtics to make that realistically happen? I kind of go back and forth on it, because he's a hell of a player, but he doesn't really fit with the team, you know, with the team's defense for a strategy or you know, with some of the guys on the team. So it's an interesting question, I think. Trey, what do you think? would there be a scenario where you could be interested in bringing this guy in? Certainly. I mean, the scenario probably wouldn't 
be favorable for the Rockets, though, as far as what they could get in return for him. You know, Ben Simmons is obviously the best player available. If you can get Ben Simmons, you take that deal. Right. Uh, but if he is not on the table, you know, what is Brooklyn going to offer? Is it, you know, are they going to wait until the deadline when Joe Harris is available? So I'm not too sure about the Brooklyn offer and what they're offering. So if you're the Celtics, you've got this trade exception that needs to be used. If you can somehow figure that into it, um, you can you can acquire a player, and then that player can be traded for some time. I don't know. It's kind of tricky. But outside of Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, and I hate to name names, but Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, you know, any of the rookies, and, and a plethora of picks outside of that, and some player that we acquired with the trade exception, I don't think that I'd even really consider trading for James Harden. But just to play devil's advocate, I guess, if you did bring in James Harden and you gave up Jalen Brown, I mean, I guess you do have two top 10 players in Tatum and Harden. I wouldn't want to see one of our homegrown guys be traded to Harden, but I guess I would understand it. And if he for whatever reason, does walk after two years. I think Tatum's buddy, Brad Beal, is going to be up for uh, – he's going to have a player option. So he could come here in free agency if the C's have enough cap space. Right, yeah. And losing Jalen is absolutely something that I don't want to do. I don't want to trade Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is my favorite player on the Celtics I mean, obviously, that can't be a reason for not wanting to trade him. But um, I'd hate to see Jalen go. When a player like Harden comes up, I think you got to think about it. But the part that has me iffy is like you're giving up 10 years of Jalen Brown for potentially two years of James Harden. Is this team right now good enough to win if you add James Harden and take off Jalen Brown? Because if they make that trade and they don't win a championship in the next two years, they lose, period. Because Jalen Brown is going to be a good player in this league for a long, long time, longer than you're going to have James Harden. Adam, real quick, what about you? Are you kind of on the same page there? Yeah, I'm kind of like, it's going to take, I don't think the Rockets would make any deal that didn't involve Jalen Brown. And yeah, I agree. I'm not ready to give up Jalen's prime. Jalen's basically, Jalen about to enter his prime right now, probably for Harden at the end of his prime and for only two years. And that I also don't want to discount the fact that, you know, Tatum and Brown seem to have a really good relationship. Right. They're both young guys and they both seem like they're ready to, as a tandem, you know, lead this team and trading Jalen Brown for, for Harden. Yeah. It would give us two top 10 players, but you don't know how, what effect that's going to have on Tatum when his contract's up, like, Hey, you know, you guys just signed Jalen to this extension and you trade him one year later for two years of Harden when, right. You know, we just were in the impression, like, you know, Tatum and Brown could say they understand it's a business, but they still haven't experienced that part of the NBA yet as far as, like, trades and getting guys that are kind of close to them getting traded. And you don't know what kind of, you know, effect that could have on a player, especially when the time comes to re-up a new, a new like, to sign a new extension. Right. I agree. I'm hesitant, like I said, I think they got to do their due diligence, but I really don't want to trade a player who we think is going to be a very good player for a long time for someone who's probably going to be here two years uh, because I, 
unless they win a championship with Harden, I don't see him staying here. So he would go somewhere else, go play with somebody's or figure something out and uh, go on a run somewhere else. So it really is kind of a, a prolonged rental. So I think that's enough on James Harden. Because like I said to you, Adam, before we hit record, this is a story that I keep hearing and I'm just like, Ugh, him again. Like he'll get traded when he gets traded. And, um, and until then, like, I don't care what the, what the rumors are, but like, I did want to address it with you guys and, and see what you thought and uh, see if, uh, what you would think if, uh, if he did end up potentially coming to the Celtics, but we got a season to talk about. So uh, let's go and dive into that. We got a couple of pieces. I think we, uh, the best way to go would be really to uh, kind of switch up the agenda a little bit, at least from how it was listed. And uh, let's just dive into the Eastern Conference. Games got started today. One of the teams looked really good. The only team in the East to have a game, Brooklyn. Uh, they uh, beat Golden State pretty handily, uh, beat them by about 30. I don't know the exact score. I don't have it up on my screen, but it was like 125 to 96 or something like that. So they, at least after one day, look like they're, uh, look like they're here to play and look like they're uh, primed for the top of the conference. Now, as far as one to eight, I don't know if I really want to go and say, all right, what's everyone got here? Because it's going to be kind of a mess, but I started with Adam last time. Let's go with Trey. What's your outlook for the East look like this year? So I was kind of torn with my one seed. Like you said, I I think the Nets played really well in preseason. They came out firing again in their first uh, actual regular season game. And I think they look really good. They have one of the deepest teams in the league. I think they should be in play for that first seed. I'm just not sure how – how healthy they're going to be. You know, Kyrie usually misses some time. Yep. Katie's coming off of an Achilles injury, and he should be considering sitting out back-to-backs. And that's so. really uncharted territory, too, because Katie is, I mean, depending on what measurements you read, he's like, he's close to seven feet tall. He's athletic, and he's coming off an Achilles. So that's something that we haven't really seen before, and he's in well into his 30s. So we don't know how his body's going to react. Is he going to be the uh, KD that he was a couple years ago? Just from a neutral observer standpoint, like we all hope so. But you just don't know with him uh, where he's going to be, and we probably won't know until late in the season. So with that being said, I kind of got the Bucks uh, maintaining that one seed. Uh, Agreed. I got the Bucks one too. You know, the addition of Drew Holiday, his defense, uh, he's an upgrade over Bledsoe, George Hill, for sure. Um, I think makes them more steady. They should be able to score a little bit better consistently. Maybe win just as much games. They should be able to keep well, that. Well, just as much percentage because it's a shorter season. Right. Yeah. Yep, so I got the Bucks number one, and I guess. Adam, do you got the Bucks number one too? Yeah, I do. I, just, I think they're, they're a really good regular season team. I, right. think, I think we'll see some deficiencies like we did last year, you know, unless, unless Giannis, unless Giannis stops taking like six or seven threes a game, right. And, you know, expands his offensive game kind of more fundamentally in the post. I think, you know, there's, they're going to have the deficiencies and, and struggles in the playoffs, but I, I still think in the regular season, if you just got to see Giannis come in one time, 
you know, that's that's tough right. to yeah. Good luck. So <laughs> coaches aren't going to take too much time trying to adjust right. just one game. In the playoffs, it's going to, I think, depend a lot on the other guys. Giannis is when they collapse on Giannis, like Orlando did in, uh, I think it was the first game when they just attacked him whenever he had the ball. Um, He's going to have to find other guys and they're going to have to contribute, beat these teams and make them stop doing that. At least to me, look like they're a little bit of a better fit for the playoffs, but there's still definitely a lot of question marks around them in the playoffs uh, after the last couple of years being disappointing there. I think we all got someone different at number two. Adam, I know who you got. I want to go to you last because for the effect, and I probably kind of gave away who you got. Trey, I got a feeling that you're going Brooklyn based on what you said. Is that right? Are you Brooklyn number two? That is right. As much as I hate to say it, I think Kyrie, KD, and the crew, they're going to come out, you know, blazing. They're ready to – have a really good season. I, again, the only thing I think stopping them How? from the one seed is is you know rest or right. injury. So I'd, I'd go with Brooklyn at two for right now. I mean, it's Kevin Durant, right? Yeah, and with Brooklyn, like they were a playoff team last year, and they got that core group coming back, and they added Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So. When you look at it from that vantage point, like they have, they could potentially be an absolute wagon, but you don't know how they're going to mix because these two guys, the two st- stars, haven't played together. So, uh, so we'll see. I got the near the top. I think I'm going to get some oohs and ahs with this one, but I got Philly number two. The more I think about Philly, and this is assuming health with Simmons, uh, and I look at the moves that they made adding Seth Curry, adding Danny Green. Matisse Thibel is a player I've always kind of liked. I'm expecting him to take a step up. I feel like they covered their weaknesses. They're a better shooting team now uh, with uh, with Green and, and Curry. Curry's one of the best shooters in the league. And you got Simmons coming back healthy. You got Embiid, who you know says he's in shape. We'll see. Probably not. I guess look at that Philly team, and I feel like all the guys we were making fun of in the playoffs last year, like Shake Milton, who's like, eh, so-so, he's going to slot into a spot that's a better fit for him. And they're, this team, I think, goes pretty deep. They do have some stars at the top, and their top guys have been playing together. We say that they're not really a great mix because they can't. neither of them are really great shooters, but they got shooters on the team now. I think Philly is really good, and I think they got a chance to win the East. I had the season number two. And one thing I do want to say about Philly is I'm glad that Doc Rivers finally has his favorite son on, on, his, on the team um, <laughs> in, Steph, in Seth Curry. <laughs> so I got the C's, though, because uh, I just think that I'm, I may be very optimistic, but I think Tatum is going to take that jump where he's going to be a top seven top six, seven player in this league this year. And I think Jalen's going to take that step similar to what Tatum took last year. And we're just going to have two juggernauts on this team. Their trajectory is on their way up. And I don't think we're not seeing Jason Tatum's prime yet. That's like two years away. And he's already an all NBA second team player going into this year. And Jalen Brown's about to be 24 and entering a year where he just, pretty sure he averaged almost 20 a game, if not more, last year. So I think Jalen's even more ready to take all that usage that Gordon Hayward used up 
and now we got about probably like a month of Kemba Walker's uses to use up. So I'm expecting to see the Tatum and Brown on the floor at all times. And you're not going to see that with this coach though. You know, you're not going to see that. I, I think they're going to force it. They're going to force him to do it. You know, th- this team can't, we can't mess around. We finally got some vets in here with Tegan Thompson that are here to supplement these guys. And I really like those moves. We've talked about that a little bit before. I really like yeah, getting so those two guys. I'm, I'm just, I think everything's going to click for the seeds this year. And we're going to, and we're going to feel how I feel come the playoffs time this year. And get a little semi-action. I'd rather not, but <laughs> hey, if, if needed, break glass if needed. Um, so, all right, we all went different at uh, at two, so I imagine that our threes are going to be teams that were already mentioned. My three is Brooklyn. Not much else to say about them. We all think they're good. Trey, who's your three? So the Celtics fan in me like really wants the Celtics to be two, like Adam just said, and for the Nets to be three, like you just said. But I have the Celtics third. I'm, I'm expecting a big improvements from Jalen Brown. He already averaged 20 points, actually. So to say big improvements, like I'd have to be expecting closer to like 23 to 25. He's definitely capable of doing it. Um, yeah. I want to see him play, make more, um, make plays, you know, coming off of, like, you know, cut into the basket, all that. I want him to flourish with Tatum. I think they should be third seed in the East. Just depends on health, you know, and then, you know, the Kemba Walker factor, how long is Kemba going to be out? You know, how much of a punch does he give you when you come back, when he comes back, you know, because, you know, maybe the Celtics could get off to a slow start and then they end up the fourth seed or the fifth seed, you know, that wouldn't shock me, uh, but I have the Celtics third. Okay. Uh, Adam, what about you? I got the Miami Heat third. I think similar to what we're going to see from Brown and Tatum that we're going to see from Miami out of Bam and Harrow is that, you know, they're both going to take a, a significant jump because they have the confidence now of basically going through the East, beating Milwaukee, beating the Celtics, probably feeling like they could have gave the Lakers a better battle if they were healthy because they took them to six anyways. I think the Heat are going to ride that wave going into the season. And those guys are going to get better. You know, Jimmy's going to still, you know, he's not declining yet. We're still going to see the same Jimmy Butler. You know, we're going to see less minutes from Gorman Dragic, which is great for them because it'll be a better quality. Yeah, um, he'll be fresh. And he and was just, he was really good against the Celtics. Yeah, like they just have a roster of, you know, their roster fits together. Right. And Miami's a really solid team. So I think that's why I got them at three. We can't forget about G's boy, Duncan Robinson. And, yeah, Mr. Duncan is a sharpshooter. And in the regular season, those guys are dangerous because similar to, like, the Giannis factor, like, you can scout against guys like that in the playoffs. But right. in the regular season, you know, those guys are flying open off the screens all day. Yep. Um, so I think that, yeah, they just got a solid team. I see them at number three. Uh, I'm with you. I think they're really strong. I got them at four. And really, the only reason I got them as as low as four is because I just think that the other three teams that I got ahead of them are stronger at the top right now. That could very well change if if Bam gets even better, which he probably will. So I, I could see Miami getting as high as like 
how would anyone be shocked if Miami was the one seed? Like, mm-hmm. I'm talking absolutely shocked. Like, I, I'm not picking them to go there, but if Miami was the one, like, I'm not all that surprised. You know, I wouldn't be either. They're, like, they're, they're a veteran team with the, some right. young pieces and some that contribute. Right, and they're well coached. They're probably the best, uh, aside from maybe San Antonio, because you got to show love for Pop, but they're probably the best coached team in the, in the league, definitely the best coached team in the East. So our top – well, my top four is Milwaukee, Philly, Brooklyn, Miami. I get the feeling that the Philly haters and you are probably going to have your top four have one different team. Who do you all got it for? I got the Brooklyn Nets at four. I just – even though we, we've already seen what happened today with the Nets against the Warriors, I don't think the Warriors are a good team. So I wasn't really too impressed with what I've seen out of Brooklyn. They, they beat a team they were supposed to beat. That just they did power that to go against them I just don't think things are going to be all sunny in Brooklyn this year and I, that's why I have them at four they got a rookie coach that's he has one more career coaching win than any of us so right um I don't I expect it, him to build on that number <laughs> yeah we, we expect him to but I just don't think it's going to be all all sweet in Brooklyn so I got them at four and kind of having a rocky season by their standards I guess this for, for themselves this year right and uh, Trey, what do you got? So at four, I have Miami, um, which sets up another, you know, sets up a rematch for the Bucks and Heat uh, should they advance the way right. they go. And one four matchup uh, would be the Bucks and the Heat. I'm in for that. Sign me up for that right now. That's, that'd be great. That, that would mean that ide- potentially the Celtics would only have to face one of them in the playoffs if they're going to go on a run. So, yeah. Would be the two seed this versus the Celtics, yeah, uh, which would be very interesting. Yeah, yeah, and then with the bottom of uh, the bottom half of the playoffs, and you know your standard eight team playoffs, they are going to do the use the play ins if uh, if teams qualify. But I kind of uh, go back and forth on five and six. I got them really, really, really close on my notes. I got Toronto, and then I got Boston. But I'm talking like a game difference. Like those teams, I think, are pretty even. Just for the purpose of of this and the notes, and let's let's just go with Toronto. I'll, I'll go Toronto five because uh, I got a couple of things that I want to say on the Celtics. Like you guys certainly bring up good points with Tatum taking that next step, Jalen taking that next step. But I look at this team, and the more and more I look at it, when we're talking contender, like for an NBA title this season, or for a team that can come out of the East. So far, I just don't see it. Tatum is great. We know that. He's all NBA. But he also has sometimes where he just doesn't show up in a half of a game. A couple of times in the playoffs, he just, he'd have single-digit points in the first half. He'd have like four points in the first half. Marcus Smart is great on defense, but will shoot you out of a game. This team is depending on rookies. Aaron Neesmith, who we all think is going to be good, is someone who they are going to be relying on for shooting off the bench. Peyton Pritchard is going to play some serious minutes early in the season with Kemba out. Kemba Walker's knee is serious to the point where they're saying he's not really all that close. We don't know if this is something where he's going to get back to 100% or if his knee just does this now and he's going to have to manage it for the season and for years after. Their draft last year, aside from Grant Williams, is kind of looking like a total washout. 
We have hopes for Romeo, but he hasn't done anything in the NBA yet, and he's hurt again. Carson Edwards can't play in the NBA, and I will stand by that forever. Carson Edwards is not an NBA player. I really love Javante Green, but there's talk of him starting. Like That's not a starter in the league, at least right now. So there's a lot of good with the Celtics. There's a lot of issues, I think, with the Celtics. And I just don't think that they're as good as the four teams that we've already talked about. I think that's fair. You know, I, I did say I, I think they could be fourth, fifth seed. It would not shock me. So, and, and I do think that your assessment's fair because of how they looked in the preseason. Um, yeah, and I think if there's anything that's unfair about that, it's evaluating it after two games, right? It's two right. games and it doesn't really matter who wins. But I think part of it is I'm jaded after, after last year because we got on this podcast, this same exact episode, and we talked about how Carson Edwards is going to contribute and how Grant is going to immediately get some minutes early in the season and uh, how Romeo is going to give him some pop off the bench and be a lockdown defender. And he showed the defense, but he didn't really give them anything offensively when he played. And really none of that happened until later in the season with Grant Williams. We're still waiting for Robert Williams to do something in the NBA. Um, he shows flashes, but still can't rotate on defense. So it's like something that's been kind of boiling with me for a little while. And a lot of last year and the failures of the bench last year have a lot to do with it. Cause I think we're in the same spot with different names this year. It's, it's Neesmith and Pritchard instead of like Edwards and Romeo. And I'm just, I'm not going to fall for that again and say they're ready to go on a run. They're ready to win a title because of these guys. We got to see it in the NBA with those guys. Yeah. Last year, the only guy that I was like, high on coming in was was pretty much Grant Williams. I would have given him the the, the rookie to have the most impact award if there were an award. And and he was, and especially later in the season as he started to get his feet wet. You know, there's certainly flaws in his game, but he's a, he's a contributor at the NBA level and I think he proved that. So he's going to no be one, a heavy rotation player this year. No one could predict how many minutes Carson would get. You would think that it would have been sporadic and they were uh, and then with Romeo Langford, Langford was, like you said, he was injured. So he was injured, yeah. And and we don't know. He's he's kind of a rookie this year. Like it was essentially a redshirt year last year. But I had Toronto really neck and neck with them. Where do you guys have Toronto? I had Toronto at six, and I had Philly at five. Okay. Um, you know, and I agree with you. I think you know the majority of these seedings are going to be like one, two, three games within each other. Like, the East has a lot of really – and even the West. Like, there's a lot of solid teams out there. Right. And, you know, these teams are all pretty much, like, equally, if not, you know, they're all equally equally matched in that, you know, some start, some teams are top-heavy with, with, like, some decent depth, and some teams are just full of depth without really any superstars on their teams. And in the regular season, you could get away with – not having superstars on your team. Once the playoffs hits, that's when, you know, you need the all-NBA guys on your team. But, um, yeah, I got Philly and Toronto. It's, you know, Philly's going to be a solid team. They got they got good players. They got – finally got – seems like they got a good coach there in, in Doc. And, you know, wherever Doc goes, it seems like, at least in the first couple of years, he'll do really good things there. You know, once you, – you can tell sometimes when his message kind of wanes with guys after a few years – He'll get the best out of his guys this year. 
Yeah, so I think Philly's going to be, you know, a good team in the East. I still have them at five. And, you know, Toronto, they're just full of young players with, with Kyle Lowry, who, you know, similar to, to, like, you know, Miami and the Celtics are should be getting better. And we saw deficiencies in Pascal Siakam's game, especially against the Seas in that series, where we seemed like to play him perfectly defensively. And then we're giving him the shot and kind of, you know, collapsing on him whenever he, <clears throat> he he tried to get into the paint. It's going to be a lot of pressure on him to see if he expanded his game more to become a better shooter. And if he does, then you know I can see Toronto getting higher than a six seed. But as yeah. of right now, I got him at six. Yeah, and like I got the Celtics penciled in at six. It's a very light pencil. Unless disaster strikes, they're not going to be lower than that. Like I don't see them at seven, eight, or missing the playoffs or or being in that play-in. But like they could be three two it's only going to be a couple of games that separate this and if jason tatum is good tatum great tatum every night then they're going to be higher they'll probably be better than toronto and there's one of those other teams in there whichever one you want to pick they might pass them too so it seems like we all despite them being in different orders have milwaukee philly brooklyn miami toronto boston as our top six is that fair trader you have anyone else instead of toronto uh, so I have like a, a six slash seven, the Wizards. Wow. I think people are sleeping on the Wizards this year. You know, Bradley Beal almost got the team to the playoffs. Well, he got them in the bubble uh, conversation. They had an invite to the bubble, so they had the chance to actually do the play-in tournament. I think if you add a, a fired-up Russell Westbrook. And they got him for free, basically. On last year's team. Wall hasn't played in a couple of years. Right. So they just added Russell Westbrook to a team that was kind of knocking on the door of the playoffs. So I'm with yeah. you. I don't have Washington this high. I see I see it as like Russell Westbrook having a lot of shooters around him now. You know, yeah. he's got Brad Beal. He's got Bertons. Yep, Bertons uh, is back. Uh, Denny, the rookie. Yep. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll see uh, we'll see about him. Yeah, it's it's a it's a solid young team. They're going to be a, a team that's fun to watch. I didn't have them that high. I had the Hawks next at seven, and uh, they're getting a lot of buzz. They're kind of uh, a trendy pick to to make the playoffs or maybe sneak a little higher up. We all know how I feel about the top their top guys. You know, Collins and Trey. They added a few nice pieces in the offseason, too. We're going to see Capella make his debut for them. They somehow stole Bogdanovich because the Kings decided not to match a reasonable offer. You know, they got Gallinari on the team now. Cam Reddish had a really strong second half of the season last year. Um, they're expecting that to hold. What do you guys think about the Hawks? Do you guys have them firmly in? Do you see them maybe hitting some speed bumps? Uh, so just to go over it, my fifth seed was the Sixers. Uh-huh. Sixth seed was the Wizards slash Raptors. Yeah, and then I have the Raptors at seven, I guess. Yeah, just to be bold, I right. have uh, the Hawks there at eight. Okay, I think I had them at eight last year. I didn't just sliding into the playoffs. Um, yep, we we were both a year early on that. But I think this is the year. I mean, you add some solid defenders to the backcourt: Rondo, Chris Dunn, to help Trey Young. Uh, right. they had Bogdanovich, like you said, they had Gallinari. 
they, they draft Okungwu. They've got John Collins, Clint Capella, some of those young guys in uh, Reddish and Hunter. So got some pieces. I think that they should make the playoffs when you look at what's left in the East. I think Indiana's the team that misses out. Yeah, I got Indiana and Washington like neck and neck at that, at that 8-9 spot. So it's uh, – I'm with you. I think Indiana's kind of on the way down. Maybe not even to any fault of their own. It's just the other teams passed them. The other teams just got better faster. Adam, well, do, what about you with the Hawks? Do you have the Hawks kind of in the same spot that we have them? No, I have the Hawks at nine. So I have them in that they'll be in like a playing, a playing type of thing. But I have Indiana at seven. I just they, – they have the same team they had last year. And they made the playoffs last year without Sabonis in the bubble. Even though they were pretty much already in once the bubble started. They were pretty well locked. Even still, like, I still think that's a good team. They got the team full of vets, same coach, same same offense, same defense. I just – I think they're going to be a similar team to what they were last year, which is like a, a playoff team in the East, but they're not going to be viewed as a contender or anything. And I got Washington at eight. I think the, the Russie Beal thing is going to work out for them. And like Trey said, that they're a team full of shooters now. And in addition to the guys you mentioned, you know, they, they have Thomas Bryant and like the Troy Brown Jr., who was, I think, a, a really good player for them in the bubble last year when Beal got, you know, when Beal was out. They got a lot of shooters and depth around Russie and Beal, so I can see them getting eight. And with Atlanta, it just seems like it's one of those things where you're playing 2K, you have mad cap space, and you just say, hey, let me just sign the best guys at the position available. And, you know, you make it work. And that's what I feel kind of they did. They just got – they just had money and they just wanted to spend it. Not as bad as – or as reckless as was as previous Detroit Pistons seasons. Or and, Knicks. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's – you know, and it's from the outside looking in, it seems like they are – you know, they got guys that are ready to they, – they're trying to win now. And they got, you know, some veteran guys that can fill some spots. But – at the same time, I, I think that it's kind of a detriment to the younger guys there where, you know, you just spent some, you just spent draft picks on these guys, like top five picks. And now you're going to be sitting them because you're going to be playing vets who, again, I understand you're trying to win, but you're, you're stunting the development of these guys because it's not like Gallinari is going to sit back and, you know, he's, <laughs> let, he's not playing 12 minutes a night off. while Hunter develops. Right. Yeah, right. So, I mean, it's, you know, I like what they did with the vets off the, on the surface, but then the more I think about it, it's like, all right, well, you know, yeah, you got the vets, but now you're, you're taking shots away from your young guys. That, yeah, you know, I think I think there's it's almost a too many cooks in the kitchen kind of correct. scenario where there's just there's too many good players on that team, and really, I think they got two like borderline great players, like top of the NBA kind of guys, and then the rest of the guys are just like good above average and then some rookies who have that potential so there's there's going to be a lot more players a lot more good players than minutes there so if they have a shortcoming or a downfall I think that's going to be it where they're going to have issues figuring out roles for some of these guys especially in that you know eighth man ninth man spot where there's going to be a lot of kind of mixing and matching going on uh, with them and with one other team in the playoffs last year that we didn't even mentioned yet uh, the Orlando Magic 
they uh, faced Milwaukee in the first round last year and promptly got the heave-ho after an exciting game one. But none of us have said, have said anything about them. It sounds like we all have them out or at least fighting for like one of those play-in spots. Are we really low on Orlando or is it just like everybody else has kind of got a little better or what do you, what do you think about Orlando? Why, uh, why are we leaving them out? I had um, Chicago as my number 10 seed with, I think I mentioned I had LA at nine and Chicago at 10. I, I kept Orlando out of it because I felt like Jonathan Isaac was a big part of their success last year in, you know, getting as good of a record as they had to even get a chance to get into the bubble and, you know, make the playoffs as they did. And I think that's going to be a, a big loss for them this year. And that's, that was my reason again, Chicago, I feel like they just got a, they got a young, really young team that they're just waiting for their, for their guys to develop. And I feel like, you know, they could push for that playoff game with the development of marketing, with the development of Wendell Carter, Kobe White, you know, they got an emerging young star who, who, it seems like Zach Levine's been a young star for like eight years now. Because he has, but he's still only, what, 24, 25? He's still pretty, he's still pretty young, and he's, he's probably entering the prime of his career now. And a player like that with weapons around him that are getting better, that, that could be a dangerous team in the, in the East, especially down, down around the, the 8, 9, 10 range. The Magic, just they were, they were a decent team last year. I just don't see them progressing like you know, you said about a couple of teams that I feel like, you know, they they haven't really gotten better, and the other teams right. you know, might be ready to pass them. Yeah, other teams definitely did get better, and uh, and Orlando, they kind of stood pat. And uh, Trey, uh, what about uh, what about you? You uh, anything else on Orlando? Think that it's it's kind of an uphill battle for them to get in with the Isaac injury. Yeah, when you factor in the Jonathan Isaac in- injury. That definitely plays a huge part. Also, I'm like, I've been down on them for the last couple of years. I think they overachieve. You know, Orlando for years was like a lottery team. And Vucevic has helped them make playoffs. Um, Man, he'd look good in green. Yeah, he would. He's been there for, for a long time now. Yeah. Ever since that Dwight Howard trade. Yeah, it's been a while, but basically, I I think that they're going to end up trading Aaron Gordon at some point. They might keep Vucevic around for a little while longer, and we'll see about, you know, the offseason. But my prediction would be that Orlando, I don't know, I, I could see 9 and 10 being. Yeah, they can maybe fight their way into that spot. I would um, say the Pacers at 9, and I, I, I guess we could give Orlando 10. Or yeah, the, I got Orlando down on my, my list at 10 and then I had one other team there is maybe fighting for 10 and it, it wasn't Chicago, but uh, I definitely see what you're saying with Chicago too, Adam, like they're a team that's, uh, that's on the rise as well. Are there any other teams, Adam, you already answered this with Chicago, but are there any other teams that we didn't mention that you, you guys think might have a shot to, to make their way into, you know, into the playoffs or be fighting for that spot in the last week of the season? No, I I kind of agree with Adam's assessment of the Bulls. They could definitely put it together and be in contention for that that bubble run. But yeah, could be playing meaningful basketball in the last couple of weeks of the season. And the one other team that I, I just wanted to bring up a little bit in that spot is uh, is Charlotte. 
I don't think they're great, but and this is a big if. But if Hayward is healthy, uh, and then you got you know Lamelo Ball coming in, and who knows, you can creep into a tenth seed there. I'm fully prepared to see Gordon Hayward at the height of his powers, like he was last year when he was healthy, and you know, maybe Terry Rozier won't kill them. And uh, but um, as you can tell, I'm not super confident in that. It's just like if I'm looking at it at the end of the season and see them in like a 10 or an 11 spot, I wouldn't be like, "Holy shit! They how did they get there?" I'd be like, "Okay, I can kind of kind of get that. I'm not totally shocked by that." And that's largely because I think Lamelo is going to have a great season, and I think he's going to jump uh, jump in right away and uh, and be an impact player. He looks pro ready. He's got the, you know, he's got the size. He's, uh, we all saw the highlight reel pass uh, in the preseason. And he just, he looks like he might be the real deal. So I think that's uh, as good a way as any to jump into our next segment and start talking about some awards. Uh, We'll start with rookie of the year because obviously I have LaMelo as my rookie of the year. What do you guys got for rookie of the year? So I kind of have two. I have James Wiseman doesn't really fit too well with my assessment that that's going to come later. But I think that he could easily, I don't know if he's going to average a double, double, but I could say like, you know, 15 and like eight. Um, I think that could be solid. And I just really like what I saw from the first game. Yeah. And there was a question around him as to how much he was going to play early because he didn't play a ton in college uh, with the eligibility issues, you know, didn't play in the preseason. And now they got him drinking from the fire hose. They're just like, here you go, buddy, sink or swim. And he went in, he started tonight, and he played really well. So His ball handling in particular, the way he you know, went coast to coast with it and looked comfortable doing it as a big man, I thought was encouraging. Yeah. Um, and he got – I think he finished the game with 19 points. You know, he had some trash minutes. But on any given night, he's going to have these opportunities. So – I think that his stats could be there. And then the yeah. second guy that I would have there is Tyrese Halliburton. He's going to make the case for a Buddy Hill trade all year. I don't know if the Kings were going to pull the trigger, but I think he's going to he's going to make them think seriously about it because you can start him next to De'Aaron Fox, and that can be right. your backboard of the future. Yeah. All right. Adam, who do you got? I got Isaac Okoro of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think he's a really good player. And while I, I do agree that LaMelo is the real deal, I do think that it might take him a year to get, or at least a half a season to get fully acclimated to, you know, playing against NBA caliber athletes. The preseason we saw, you know, we saw flashes, but, you know, we didn't really see too much efficient play from him. Like we saw the flashes, his shooting percentage wasn't that great. I mean, efficient so, isn't what Charlotte does. Yeah. They got Terry Rozier. Yeah. <laughs> He had a bunch of turnovers, so I think he's going to come in and play like a solid player for that team, and he fits right into what they need. And if we kind of see what's going on with Kevin Love to start the season, I don't think he's going to be that reliable of a, of a player for them this year that they might be looking to to move at some point. As sorry, well. Migs. So, um, yeah, sorry, Migs. So um, I think Okoro is going to sop up those minutes, and he's going to prove that he's the – you know, the best rookie of this year, while he may not be the best player that will come out of this rookie class, but I think for this year, he'll be the, he'll be the best one. 
Yeah, and and you see that a lot. Uh, you go back and look at Rookie of the Year, and you're like, oh wow, really? They didn't win it. Like Damon Stoudemire won Rookie of the Year, and Rasheed Wallace, Jerry Stackhouse, and Kevin Garnett were rookies that year. Like, mm. you know, it, it could be a guy who's just in a good opportunity. Well, he'll definitely have the opportunity. He'll be given the minutes. It's just a matter of if he's going to get enough shine. I mean, I like when Mike Smith's had him on to talk, you know, pre-draft. And he compared him to a few players, one being Iguodala, another being Jalen. I forget the third, but if he can come out and just be raw like those guys were when they first came in the league on the Cavs and have all those minutes, I could easily see him, you know, being a rookie of the year. Yep. Yeah. All right. And now for defensive player of the year, I kind of went chalk with this one. Rudy just got paid. He's got to deliver. I mean, you can't go wrong with Rudy Gobert in, in defensive player of the year. He's just one of the premier defensive players of this generation. So what the hell? Let's go with the boring pick. It doesn't get more boring than a big guy in Utah who just got paid, who has won it before. So what about you guys? I imagine you're going to go with something else. Yeah, I'm going with Marcus Smart of the Celtics. I think two-time All-NBA, all, I mean, two-time All-Defensive. He's had that respect now from the refs that, He's a great defensive player for a couple of years now. In in tandem with my Celtics pick being them being a the number two seed, you know, we're going to see improved play from Jason Tatum. We're going to see improved play from Jason Brown. And we're just going to see winning plays made defend on the defensive end by Marcus Smart. And him having those types of signature plays like we've seen in years past when him drawing the Chargers on Harden to win the game, him, you know, stripping Kawhi and, diving out of bounds and hitting it off his leg to keep the Celtics ball. Like we're going to see those type of plays this year in, in high profile moments from Marcus Smart, which is just going to give him the respect that I'm sure he feels like he deserves in, in being the, all, of the defensive player of the year. And he's starting to get it around the league. He started to see it last year when his offense started to come around a little bit, they started to say, Hey, this guy plays great defense too, which you know, a couple of years late, but, you know, he's, he's starting to get that little bit of respect. It's kind of like, uh, you know, in the other sport in town, the other player who's very similar to him, uh, I think Patrice Bergeron, mm-hmm. took him a couple of years to get that shine as, you know, the top defensive forward. And now he just, like, he had a stretch where he was just winning that award every year. So uh, it could be that step for Smart. Uh, I, I, would, uh, I could certainly see that happening. Trey, are you going to uh, make the homer pick too? No, not this time. I'm actually going to go with the guy that kicked our ass in the playoffs, Bam Adebayo. I mean, he put up 15 and 10, five assists with a steal and a block uh, last season. I watched him in the playoffs, and at times he didn't even get those 15 points. He could get less than that, end up with 13 rebounds, a couple assists. I felt like he was, he was their Draymond. Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of that Swiss army knife and he had that superstar making moment when he blocked that Tatum dunk. It was at that second when he arrived in that upper level of young stars in the league. No one is ever going to forget that moment and it's only going to be up from here. Right. Yeah. You got to get the the notoriety. You got to do something that makes people really see that you can, that you're a great defender, um, not just, you know, play solid defense night in and night out. That's not going to get you the award because 
let's be honest, these writers aren't watching all the damn games. So they're guessing at what they're voting on. So they're voting on highlights. So BAM is uh, definitely a reasonable choice. Most improved player. Here's the part where I say something positive about the Celtics because I've been kind of on the other side of that for most of the night. I got Jalen Brown. Adam, you mentioned earlier the usage is going to go way up, especially early in the season. So we're going to see just the raw numbers for Jalen go up. I think that the, the stat sheet at, at times is just going to jump off the page with, uh, with Jalen Brown. And he should play with more, be playing with more confidence. He should be really developing and becoming just a more consistent, solid all-around player. And uh, I think his skills being more honed and becoming more of a veteran combined with the higher usage is going to make him a really good choice for most improved player. And I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't in the running. Adam, yeah. who you got? For most improved, I got Christian Wood from the um, newly signed from the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, he did have a stretch towards the end of last season where he was, you know, get some pretty impressive splits. But, you know, he didn't do it over a full season last year. I think this year he will do it over a full season. And, you know, like you mentioned, these, these writers aren't going to be watching every game. But Christian Wood gave them kind of a little taste of what he can do in the, to, in the end of last season. So I think they're going to be, you know, he's already on their radar. And being on a team like Houston and hopefully making a playoff push with, with them, um, if he puts up those kind of numbers that he did with Detroit or, you know, even a little bit less and still be an efficient player in this league, I could see him. I can see him getting most improved. Trey, what do you got? So I also have Christian Wood. It's no secret that I wanted Christian Wood on the Celtics. Yep. Uh, if he became available tomorrow because Houston had a fire sale, I'd still have interest. I just think that you take those numbers that he had last year towards the end of the season, and he's going to have similar numbers or better this year. Average a double-double. My close second, I guess, is Lonzo. I do think Lonzo's going to have a good year. He's going to have a solid all-around year. He'd be my second. If I had okay. To and uh, what about uh, sixth man? Uh, Trey, who do you got for that? So I'm assuming Karis LeVert's going to come off the bench. If he comes off the bench, I would, I would say he's sixth man. That's what but, I had, too. But if not, I guess I'd go with Jordan Clarkson. He was pretty consistent last year. I think he averaged like 15. Had him on a few of my fantasy teams. He's doing pretty well. All right. Adam, who's your sixth? I'm going with old reliable Lou Williams. I think the Clippers are going to play with the vengeance this year. And, and hey, just pick the guy who always wins, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think Lou is just going to be another solid piece on that bench. Lemon Pepper Lou. You know, if, if they if they roll out and they have the best record in the league, I could see Lou running away with that award. Yeah, I, we know how writers operate when they vote for these awards. If if he has a stat line similar to what he's done in the past and they win a lot of games, he's probably going to win. And last but not least for the individual awards, the MVP, I want Jacques. He's He's the most valuable player in the damn league, and he has been for 20 years. Pick LeBron, and you're going to be right more than you're wrong. So uh, I'm going with LeBron. <sighs> such a such a cop out take. I feel 
I mean, but if he wins, I'm right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could see it happening. Definitely could see it happen. Uh, it's just the rest aspects. Does he rest? Does he does he play the games but play less minutes? And maybe he still has close to the same averages anyways. And the Lakers still get like a top three seed and right. good enough for MVP. It's definitely plausible when it comes to Braun. Uh, but I have... And it's kind of bold. I have Luka. Luka Doncic. I think the Mavericks probably need to get a top three seed to make this happen. Again, the the Lakers, I'm not sure if they, they're going to feel the need to get that first seed necessarily. So they can just kind of let things flow and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, whereas Dallas, I feel like Dallas and the Clippers – uh, should be like one and two or something like that. If that were to happen, it would be due in part to Luka Doncic, and he'd be worthy of MVP. If they get the one in the West, he is winning MVP. No right. doubt about it. I would say even the two. I mean, the two. The two, yeah. I I, I would agree with that. If, if they can, Even if they can get up to the number two seed, everybody wants to pass the torch to Luka, and they're, they're waiting to do it. They're like, all right, we really want to pass this to him. They get up to the number two seed. Like, they're going to go ahead and do it. Adam, what about you? I also go with Trey, and I'm going to say Luka as well. And it's more so to the fact that I don't think that the Lakers are going to be playing for the regular season. Um, and I think that Dallas will be. Dallas will be playing for home court advantage, most likely for the playoffs. And I think Luka has, you know, he – if it was possible for him to take another – Step in the bubble, I think he did that. And especially when he hit that game-winning shot against the Clippers, that kind of just, you know, elevated him to a level where he hadn't been yet. Right. And I just – I feel like he's just going to continue to pile up these individual awards throughout his career and that this year will be time for him to win that MVP. All right. If the Clippers were to get that one seed and the Mavs got two, we just saw what the, you know, the the Clippers versus the Mavs and – in the bubble and how that played out with Luca beating them. So even if, even if they finish behind the Mavs finish behind the Clippers this year, and let's say the Lakers are third, I think Luca's still probably the favorite. And then there's always Kevin Durant. If he has a really good season coming off that Achilles, uh, he's going to be one of the most talked about and he'll, he'll be in the discussion for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we got two pieces left. We got our bold prediction, and we got to pick a champion. Now, the format kind of looks like it says champion first, but we're a Celtics show, and we got two homers on here. So if I do that, I think you're gonna one of you is probably going to jump the gun on your bold prediction. I don't know what your bold predictions are, so I might be wrong here. But let's do those first so that you don't burn it when you pick one of you picks the Celtics to win the whole thing. I'm going to double down on my bold prediction from last year. I'm not going to throw MVP on it, but I am going to say that John Collins is going to emerge as the best player on the Hawks. He is better than Trey Young. Book it. Nice. Trey's face says it all. He's that appalled. Is, that is very bold. Very bold. Very. I would say that's hot take-ish. It's, well, he's a, he's a 6'10 double-double guy in his early 20s who shoots 40% from three. And he's made it a focus of the offseason to improve on defense, which he already started to do last year. So, Stay off the, the PEDs. Or get on the PEDs. 
Well, hey, he, even though you got suspended from them, he still got the benefits from them, right? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> I kind of have two where you could kind of split and whoever wants to put them in bold predictions or hot takes, they could do that. But one of them is that Jason Tatum will lead the Celtics in all statistical categories this year. And with the usage he's going to have, he's him and Brown are going to have the ball in their hands a lot. And, you know, I just think Tatum will have it a lot, like a little bit more than Brown. And I also think Tatum's a better rebounder. He puts himself, it seems like he puts himself in better position to get, you know, help defense steals. And he's also, a, a, you know, he's, he's a great defender too, in addition to his offensive game. So I could, that's my, that's one of my predictions. And my other one, which that is more hot take-ish, is that I don't think that Steve Nash finishes the year as coach of the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> that they're going to see by February, March, that, you know, he's not going to be ready to lead that team when it, when the time comes in the playoffs. And, you know, like Kyrie said, everyone's a coach. So <laughs> can't get rid of the team, but it's easy to get rid of the coach. So I think that, um, I think that Nash doesn't finish the year. I don't know who does, but Brett Brown, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Coach players <laughs> by the end of the season. Well, it wouldn't be a Section 5 season preview if we didn't just say the Nets are going to be a spectacular disaster, even though we did show them love for the first, like, 20 minutes of the show. I had them as a fourth season. Yeah, well, I mean, you still said they'd be a really good team, though. Yeah. Uh, Trey, what do you got? So, my – I got a hot take slash bold prediction, and that is that the Warriors missed the playoffs. I don't know if that'll be – That'd be a lot bolder if you said it yesterday. <laughs> I mean, hey, I don't I don't think it was that they look that bad today. I mean, I just think the Nets came out playing at a different pace, just yeah. as they did in the preseason game. It's like they're they're taking this very serious. They were very motivated tonight. Right. So I don't think it tells us that much about the Warriors. I just I'm not sure if they're gonna stay fully healthy and if they if they are to miss the playoffs they'll be able to package their own lottery pick with the Minnesota lottery pick along with uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins, et cetera, and be able to keep Clay, give Oubre an extension, and possibly add another piece. Yeah, so you want to give Oubre an extension, though. Eh. I'm not an Oubre guy, and a lot of it is because of that shit from like four years ago. So when I look out west, you know, I see the – the Clippers, the Mavs, the Lakers, the Nuggets. And then after that, maybe the Blazers, five or so. And then after that, it gets kind of tricky. You know, yeah. You, you A lot think, of young teams where you're not really sure. Right. Pelicans, Grizzlies. Suns. Um, I say the Suns. Suns are up there. Yep. Jazz. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I can see Golden State missing the playoffs. I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Um, but I'd be, I'd be, I'd be surprised. I, I'm expecting them to be in the top eight when you have a player as good as Curry in a league like this, where the rest of the team's not terrible. Like they should make the playoffs. So, yeah, it'd be a little surprising if they missed. And all right, finally, championship. Who's going to be taking it home? Adam, I know what you want to do. Are you going to do it? The Boston Celtics. Yep, he's going to do it. The championship in the 2020-2021 season. 
that's that's what I'm going with. I think it's time. You know, the young guys are gonna be they're gonna be ready. We got the vets to help us out. And I think that at the trade deadline, Danny's gonna use that 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 joker that he got in his pocket with the, that that is the trade yeah. except that's something to this team that he's gonna have he's gonna have a chance to see what they need. He's gonna be able to go through these next you know eight to ten weeks. He's gonna see what's missing from these guys, and he's gonna start making his calls. That's um, the big wild card is what they'll be able to get. And while it's it's popular opinion that he might wait till next off season to give these guys a full year to see what they could do, but I think we're gonna see a really good team over these next couple of weeks with the Celtics that we're going to see like, man, these guys are just like, if they had just one more guy that they could be onto that next level. And I think Danny's going to, he's going to have to pull that trigger and getting, you know, some more established veteran help to this team. Yeah. If the right guy becomes available, he'll go ahead and do it. But I don't think he's going to give himself 80% of what he can get in the off season to make a run this season. Because uh, he's always looking at the future. You can argue that maybe it's a little bit to a fault because he's not worried about the now when he could win now. But I don't think he's going to lose value on that to try to win this year. But if the right guy shows up, he'll definitely pull the trigger earlier. Trey, who's going to win it? So I also want to go with the Celtics, but I don't I don't want to jinx us in any way. Oh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna go with the Lakers to repeat. As okay. much as, as much as that would piss me off, um, as would you know, KD and Kyrie get into the finals against the Lakers. But um, I do think the Celtics have a, a pretty solid chance, and I do think Danny Ainge is gonna make a a solid move without trade exceptions. Yeah. So if you ask me, a little bit later in the season, I think the trade deadline is in March this year. Of this season, if you ask me a little bit before that, based on how the Celtics are playing before they make a trade, I may change that. But right now, I go with the Lakers. Yeah, reserve the right to make a change if the Celtics add a star, somehow find someone to just pull everything together. I'm with you. I got the Lakers. The league is so wide open again, I think, like it was last year, where there are five, eight teams where – they, if one of them won the championship, you wouldn't be absolutely shocked. And it's rare to say that about the NBA. But I got Lakers just because their top two is probably the best, right? They got two top five players, arguably. They've been there before, and they added some pieces. Um, they're a little deeper. So I guess I, I, I can't bet against the Lakers. So Lakers – over the Sixers in six. So there's my hot take right there. I think the Sixers can take the East. Lakers, Sixers, six games. Because you always pick a finals in six because it's a cop-out. Boo this man. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, I think that'll do it. We're uh, running a little low on time here. But 
definitely a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about and uh, a lot of basketball to be played so we'll play this back and be like oh my god i can't believe i said that um that's gonna happen and we're gonna see some stuff that we absolutely nailed too and who knows what it's gonna be uh but it'll definitely be fun to to find it and uh and to see it all develop uh, we get the celtics getting started tomorrow so hopefully it's uh it's a good start and we're here to uh, talk about uh, a nice one and oh start but uh, if not, um, games are personal. Yep. And uh, I'm sure that if they, uh, if they don't play well in this uh, first game or two, that will be totally reasonable about it. And uh, you know, no one will say anything negative at all uh, because that's just not what we do here. Um, but uh, until next time, uh, we'll, uh, that'll do it. And as always, give us a follow, subscribe, rate, review. Give us a follow on, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Section 5. You've got all, all of our personal handles as well, um, at MFury38, M-F-U-E-R-Y-3-8. Trey, you have recently changed it. Yes, that is C's Banner underscore 18. All right. You're going to have to change that to Banner 19, hopefully at some point. And uh, Adam, what do you got? I'm at 80. Let's go 617. All right. All right. And uh, we'll be back as the season starts. We'll be talking about some of these games. But uh, until then, we'll, uh, we'll see you. Let's go, C's. Keep the bucks.